Hey, Jeff. Hey, Eric. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing all right. We're not down at South by this week. We could have been. We could have been. But we're not. For the eighth year in a row, there is no It's the Real Presence down at South by. We are here in New York. It is crappy weather. Everything is just as it was, you know? Yeah, we are keeping the streak alive. That's right. So, how was your week this week? My week was good. We went to uh, our bar. We did. So, we had our friends Ashley and Estelle over last night, and we got to talking, and I think I figured out what's going on. We go to this one bar on the Upper East Side pretty much every weekend, like around 2.30, a.m. in the morning until it, it closes down, and it's just a crappy atmosphere. It is the worst. Like, we go in there knowing it's it's just going to be bad. Like, who's there? 17-year-olds who want to pick fights with us. Yes. Kids doing coke in the bathroom. Yeah. Really bad DJs. Really bad dancers. Yeah. Just like the atmosphere is just nothing we would ordinarily get into, but we ordinarily get into it, right? It's We're there every weekend, but I think I figured out why we do it. I think we're like Seinfeld in the way that we go into something wanting to get something to complain about. Like, I think we end up in that situation every week just so we can have stories to talk about amongst all of our friends. Don't you think so? It feels like we go there... I, I still don't know why we go there. Okay, you're, well, you're, you're bringing up, like, a, a cogent point, and I'm just like, I don't... Every time it's just horrible. Well, here's what's not horrible. Leor.cohen on Snapchat. That's a good transition. Thank you. The best part of this thing is... That we're starting to get a reaction online. Like, we really are moving towards that point that Lior actually gets on the podcast. And why do we love Lior's snap, Jeff? There's so much to love about Lior's snap. I mean, it started out where he was, you know, doing uh, the, uh, bi- the how's DJ business, Cows. Yeah, how's your business thing. Right. But he's moved beyond that. It's so much better than it was. See, Cause... now there's, there's layers to Lior. He took his daughter to the doctor and put his daughter on Snapchat asking her... How she's feeling. And she has her head in her hands. But it's not only that. He speaks like he's from another planet. And so he's like, daughter, how are you feeling? And she's just like, I'm going to kill you. Drive faster. And he's just like, on a scale of one to ten, how are you feeling, daughter? Leave me the fuck alone. It's so good. Lior.cohen on Snapchat. Hashtag a waste of time with Lior. Yeah. Let's get get him on this podcast. Jeff, if people want to find more It's The Real, what do you suggest? I suggest they fucking find us. Just type in It's The Real. We are at soundcloud.com slash a waste of time. We are on iTunes, a waste of time with It's The Real, I-T-S-T-H-E-R-E-A-L, all one word, no apostrophes, no spaces, no capital letters, all underscores. We are... What? Yeah. All underscores. It's just a giant space and we exist in it. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Deep. Today's episode of A Waste of Time features... Harry Fraud, the producer. He's awesome, by the way. I don't know what you expected coming in, but he's got some stories. My pronunciation of La Musica de Harry Fraud was worse in the podcast than it was right now. It was a little struggle. Right now it was terrible, but usually my Spanish is good. You took Spanish in high school and college. Yeah. Yeah, this is very disappointing. I think it's because I'm trying to imitate exactly how it is. You just can't do that, though. I can't do it. It's like, la musica de Harry Fraud. And it's like, it's it's so... You sound so American. Well, now I sound like, la musica. Yeah. <laughs> la musica de Harry Fraud. Anyway, we, let's get into this podcast. Shout out to Harry Fraud. Shout out to Smoke Dizzy. I he, love Harry Fraud's la musica. He Has Risen is now on iTunes, and uh, it's pretty awesome. Go get that. Jeff, when do you want to get into this podcast? Now, 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 now. Yo, what up? It's Eric, a.k.a. Fade On Sight, a.k.a. Edward Scissorhands. Yo, what up? It's Jeff, a.k.a. Crystal Persingas, a.k.a. Sauvignon Blanco. Yo, that would be the craziest <laughs> intro ever. What up? It's Harry, bro. This is a waste of time with this is the real. Oh, my God. Harry Fraud, what up? I changed my energy for today. I was like, now everything's good, man. You know, cooling, running on a little bit of sleep, so I'm a little slow today. I had to wake up at my usual bedtime, so it was like, uh, like I usually go to sleep seven in the morning. Okay, I had so- to wake up seven in the morning today, so it was like, man, <laughs> you know, it's like a different time zone. Yeah. We're so we're we're friends with Bun B, and Bun told us long ago he's like, I'm an adult. 
And so I work. He's like, I have a family at home. I work nine to five. <laughs> it's you weird. are not on that schedule. Well, it's it like it's in New York. I just it's hard for me to be like when I'm. You know, I work a lot at a crib in Florida, and like it's just there. I'm like, I get up with the sun and the birds, and you know, go to sleep when it gets dark. Wow, yeah. you sound real like Jimmy Buffett right yeah, now. Yeah, you know that I am. I'm like, like when you see me, down just like there, my, I'm like, you my know. feet on the beach yeah, and there's sand between my every toes. Morning, and... every morning. So, but like then here, I don't. It's just not conducive with like, and plus, I think. New York is kind of cooler at night. Yeah, totally. You know what I'm saying? Then like, Florida, sure. <laughs> well, just day in the day. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So I just like, I don't know, I enjoy nighttime. I was thinking about that last night when I had to go to sleep and it was still dark. And I was like, this is fucking weird. <laughs> We've had this like unbelievably lucky run of podcasts in the last four where there's one thing that's tied all them together besides like Jeff and myself, right? Which is... First, we had Andrew Barber from Fake Shore Drive. Okay. Don't and say. he mentioned that he went to Puff's mansion down in Miami. Oh, man. With um, Trinidad James. Trinidad James, yeah, right? I don't know where this is going. No, I don't know. I don't know if you, you do. do. You might. <laughs> okay. And then the next episode, we had Asher Roth on. And just randomly, he was like, yo, you know where I went? I went to Puff's mansion down in Miami and you had to put on like slides or something like that right yep. yeah, and we're like oh slippers crazy yep. like two for two the next week we had Mano on and Mano's talking about he went down to to Puff's crib and it's just like what is going on and then last week we had uh Boss and, and J. Cole's manager Ebe were on they talked about Puff's yeah Mansion. Puff's Mansion as well have you ever been to Puff's Mansion of course oh <laughs> Keep the streak alive. First time I met Puff, so I'm down. I'm 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 in my crib in Florida, um, with my man Adrian Laos, an artist that I work with and you know do music with, and um, we were actually finishing up like his a mixtape that he was working on and like we kind of went down there to like you know just lock in and whatever whatever. So like the second day we're there, I get a call and it's French. And um, he's like, I'm like, what you doing? He's like, yo, I'm on the helicopter right now. <laughs> I'm like, yo, you living a crazy life. And then another voice gets on and he's like, yeah, that's right. And I'm like, yo, what up? And he's like, what up? It's Puff. And I'm like, yo, what up? And, you know, they like going to Miami or something where they were in Miami or whatever. And French was like, yo, come, you know, to Puff's crib and link with us. So we're up in like West Palm Beach. And, you know, we didn't even really think about it. We are like, yeah, let's, let's, you know, we were just like, whatever, let's go. So we go down and, you know, you pull up. Like, I had been to, he's on Star Island, I think. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I had, like, one of my dad's homies used to live on one of those islands, a different one. Birdman. All these islands. <laughs> and, you know, like. It's just it's just wild out there. So boom, you pull up. It's like the biggest gates you ever saw. Boom, boom. It's so crazy. And yeah, man, we just went and chilled. And Did you swim? I didn't particularly swim that time because it was night. But we literally, we had gone through some music. He was doing something. You know, we just met and hung out, whatever, whatever. And then um, we had gone through some music. And he picks this track that like he liked right and he had the the music wired through the whole crib so like he could put it on his oh. ipod or oh ipad or whatever and all the speakers you know through the whole crib and the outside and whatever planet yo it's got to sound better just through puffs it like sounds crazy <laughs> he played this one beat for like three hours <laughs> and french was sitting there like wrote the craziest verse i ever heard boom boom, boom. then like two in the morning Frenchie's like, yeah, boom, I'm done with the verse. Let's go to the studio. I'm like, for real? Like, this, this is how you guys are living down here? Like, two in the morning, call the studio? Does Puff have a studio at the crib? Nah, he had, like, music set up to where you could play. Like, he had a board and some PA speakers and shit, but it wasn't, like, maxed out to where... Because I think everybody just goes to Cali, got that studio right. there, and that's where everybody goes. That, we ended up going there, cutting some joints, and, you know, left out, like, 5, 5.30 in the morning. Went Jet ski back, back. To, yeah, went back up to West Palm. But it was cool, man. And I think I went there another night too in that same span of like the week. I don't. It was, 
you know, was wilding. was his personal chef like, there at all hours? He had just fired one. Wow, that, that's how crazy it was. Like, the, was she asking for it? I don't <laughs> even know, man. You know, I, the thing about him, like with everything he does, it's got it's a certain level. He keeps everything on mm. a certain level, from the music to the how he lives to just everything, because he earned it like that. Sure. You know? So it's it's like when you. Shit! If I didn't like my eggs, I'd let you go too. You know? like, <laughs> it was like, you know, like, did that change your whole perspective on like where you want to get in life? You, um, it did. But also, what was crazy, like on a on, seriously, was he's just fucking passionate about music, right? And like, I, I, I like respect that out of somebody that they don't need it. At obviously, at this point, you know what I'm saying? He's good. He has. He's such a smart businessman, but. He just loves music, man. Like, like that's the that that was the main thing that impressed on me on that whole shit was like, yo, this guy loves. He was playing me mad shit, beats, songs. He like, like just he's just into music, man. Right. You know? At that point, you've you've worked with a that ton was of long winded, right? No, 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 no. But you've worked yeah, with like a shut ton, up, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> you've worked with like a ton of like legit professionals at that point. But when you are in the same room as Puff, it, it's just got to be like. A mind fuck, right? Yeah, I mean, for me, like, you know, like, I'm such, like, consider myself a sponge. So when I'm around somebody like that, that has achieved on so many levels so high, I'm I'm just, like, I just want to absorb whatever this person is doing. Like, aqua hydrate. Or- just, <laughs> just everything. Yeah. Like, I mean, think Wisdom, about it. Yeah. Like, this shit is... You know, so, yeah, I think I'm, I'm one of those people that I just try and engage the person. I'm never, like, you know... Oh shit, that's blah blah blah. I'm more like, yo, this person is doing what I'm trying to do. Yeah. So how can I get a jewel? Man. You know? Yeah. yeah. I hope that you get some jewels from us today. Yo, so you mentioned when you came in here, you're like, yo, you used to run around here. What brought you up uh, to the Upper West Side? So boom, my man that I went to high school with lived on 96th and Columbus like Mm. one of my closest homies in high school and we were going to school in Brooklyn but you know this is kind of like one of those neighborhoods where it was or at least that time early 2000s it was just mad kids and you know there's all these private schools up here Mm -hmm. mad girls Mm -hmm. Mad parties, mm-hmm. fun stuff to do, you know? You and guys were hanging out at the Rite Aid. <laughs> we were going, you know where we used to go? It was like a pool hall where you could smoke cigarettes. On, and around we thought, here? Yeah, we thought, I don't think it's open anymore. I forget the name. <laughs> it was on like Amsterdam or something. Oh, but, on like 100 and whatever. Yeah, and like we could, I just remember we could smoke and drink in there and it was just like cool. Like <laughs> it was, this neighborhood was really fun. Yeah. You know, the it park still was is. right there. Yeah. It was like for a young and you know what it is too is it's like somebody always had a free crib because they're you know up here mm-hmm. it would be like up here in the upper east side it would be like kids that had some bread their parents had some bread so their parents would be like away at the country house and you <laughs> fucking have the crib on the weekend that's like gold to a 15 and 16 year old you know so yeah i used to hang out here a lot um, you're from Brooklyn. You're from uh, yeah. uh, like where? Cobble, Cobble Hill. Hill. Yeah. So obviously nothing has changed in the past <laughs> oh thirty my years. God. I try. That, I, I get like. Uh, I feel like one of those people. Like you don't know how much the neighborhoods <laughs> change, but like, dude, it's our so cupcakes crazy. used to be only two dollars. Yeah. <laughs> it's so crazy over there. Like the you know the pop and block now is Smith Street, right? Yeah. And like. Smith Street, like, you get vicked on Smith Street, you know what I'm saying? Like, 2.30 in the morning, like, some shit would go down on Smith Street, you know? Um, yeah, like, up here, I was reading about, in there was a New York article back in, like, 94, or maybe a little bit earlier, where they were talking about how, like, crack was, like, heavy on, like, 86th Street. Oh, for real? Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, up here was, no, I remember, it was a weed spot right up, uh, up uh, on the park, Damn, I forget the block, and I should probably, you know, I don't even want to make it hot. (laughs) It was right up on the park. It was like a pull-up weed spot, like pull-up, hop-out, see the man outside the boat, like the old-school weed spot. We used to do sketches back in the day, right? And we had Nori and Capone come over to do a sketch, right? Where Nori was a door-to-door reggaeton salesman, and it was just this ruse to get us involved at the door. Well, Capone Capone stole stole our TV. Yeah. Yeah. So, but... In between Good old school gaff, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> in, in between, 
Nori's like, yo, I got to go take care of some business. And he <laughs> runs downstairs and right in front of our building does a little sale. And he came back up and he's like, I'm good. Yo, you know who used to have the fire was the doorman. Dead ass. The first like fire delivery service weed that I was getting when I was 15 years old, 14 years old was from the doormen. Like our doormen? No, (laughs) just doormen in this general, but they had the plug. Because, you know, I don't know. They probably got it from Uptown. (laughs) Did you, did you have any siblings? Yeah, I have a younger sister and then I got two half sisters, but yeah. But all all younger? All younger siblings. All wavy? Oh, of course. Yeah. So you're the oldest child. Does that mean that you're just like, your parents are tight on you or you're just sort of, you don't care, you're just running around? No, I have very liberal parents in terms of like thinking, like my dad is in the music industry, so, you know, he was producing concerts when I was growing up, you know, so like... He was he was just chill and you know he did whatever mm. and my mom she's more uh she was more stricter but you know it just got to a certain point where like I'm, you know, I'm a big guy. I was I was six foot when I was like 14, 15. Like I wasn't nobody was gonna tell me, nothing. you know. Like that's how I felt about school, about all that shit. I was just like, yeah, okay, I'm just gonna do whatever, you know. But you know, my mom she definitely was like the disciplinarian i guess how'd you do in school by the way i did pretty good you know i think and not to say like i was just able to get by all the time and i went to good schools you know and um i went to private school you know Mm -hmm. and but i was just able to like slide by all the time i never had to work too hard so i think that made me not really apply myself too too much but you know i did like good on the sats and all that shit that's why like you sound like like me exactly you know (laughs) and like my it it was just like that would piss my mom off even more because she's very bright you know she got a master's degree in this and a this degree and all that shit and like she would just be like you know if you would work harder at this you would do great but i was already by like ninth grade i was like yo i want to do music you know what i'm saying like my role models were people in the music industry my dad's friends and my pops and they were never none of them went to college none of them you know what concerts were you going to oh my god man i was like so spoiled like so when i was young young my dad was running jones beach theater in the summertime so i would literally go to every concert you know like he always tells the stories like i would fall asleep on the fucking road case on the side of the stage (laughs) and like santana would be like you know doing the best you know show of his life or (laughs) tina turner would be like killing it you know what i'm saying you know it's a bummer about falling asleep to santana that you never got to hear him play that song with Rob Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> this is pre-Rob Thomas. Yeah, this is about like 20 years earlier, but, you know, how amazing. <laughs> Who else did you see there? Like, did you see Hall & Oates? Man, did you see, like, like, I'm so spoiled. I saw, every, I saw just anybody that came through. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I got to... And just in my life, man, like, that's one thing. My pops was always producing concerts my whole life, mm. so... I was always going to like, bro, I went to David Bowie in Hammerstein Ballroom for like a few hundred fucking executives that hired him to play for like, you know, like Crazy. I, I saw it shit, was like, so turnt. I saw a sting, <laughs> you know, for like, you know, and then be- when I was getting into producing, like to make money, I started as a stagehand and, you know, working at concerts and then. And then, like, was doing coordinating productions and all that events and shit like that. What so what venues? Just, we would work at Hammerstein Ballroom a lot. Um, we would work at Roseland before it, like, got closed down. Mm-hmm. Um, we would work really all over the place and a lot of private events, too. But my my old man was really Jones Beach Theater and the Garden in the winter. Those were his two spots. What did you think of all the techs at, at the different spots? Were they, like, oh, cool guys? Sometimes... You know how it is, man. <laughs> you know, I was a kid. I was like a little. I was you were the youngest. On the, I was the youngest yeah. kid. I was a little. You know, I'm a, I'm I'm a slim dude and shit. I'm like working with like fucking grown men. You know, union guys. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like they're like, who's this kid? <laughs> As, as long as you brought like the right RCA cord to them, Facts. then they're then they're good. Facts, exactly. Like, yo, go gaff tape that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that's what it was. It was like, yeah. 
And how was it, like, at the end of the night with those guys? Were you the guy who had to clean up everything and stay the latest? No, nah, the good thing about that, I mean, I was definitely spent plenty of time being the grunt. You know, <laughs> like, that's what I did at, you know, when I first got out of high school. I didn't want to go to college right away. My pops was like, cool, you intern at my homie's studio. And it was like, you know, I was, like, so hyped. And it was a cool experience, but they didn't let me touch one thing. It was like, go get us coffee. Right. Break us weed up. Right. Get that pizza. So you had to, yeah, you had to, you had to earn your spot. I think everybody should do that. Though. Yeah, right. But wait, course. what if your real skill though was getting pizza? <laughs> Maybe I found that. When it comes to getting how pizza, they find that out. You yeah. Know? Like, so what studio was that? Um, it was like a. It was called Temple of Soul. It was right next to Baseline. It was like a small hmm. boutique type deal. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't like some crazy big studio. I mean, they had a couple of live rooms or. What was the layout they had a like? A live room that they shared with this other studio on the same floor, and then they had a main control room. Then the one dude built um, like compressors and shit, and he had a little workshop. But then my man Fat Foo was on the other side. That's how I I got tight with Fat Foo because he had his little production studio on the other side of the hallway, and so I would be in the middle smoking weed when clients would be in the control room because like. It wasn't that big, so they didn't want me. So, and he, you know, he was in a group at that point, Blessed the Nation, mm-hmm. and Blessed the Nation wordplay is, you know, that's like both Blessed the Nation. Those are my brothers. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? They're like my big brothers. Like wordplay showed me how to record somebody. He gave like, you your name. Facts. Yo, so one of our best friends, Nur. Uh, used to work for Translation, right? Yeah, I know. How do I know Nur? Well, Nur works for Universal now. She's, she's you know, just part she's of the Turkish. Scene. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm getting it mixed up. She was moving to L.A. a couple of years ago, and at her going away party, this dude with the, like, wildest glasses. Mm-hmm. Yep. With this, like, like wild... Trapezoidal, yeah. Yeah, wild, like, goatee. Wizard beard. Yep. Yeah, sort of standing <laughs> he to the, the side. Wizard, yo. He starts talking to Jeff, right? Yeah, and, like, you know, he... I think he knew who I was, and... Like, yeah, he, but he his, knows our work. But, like, his story is crazy. Nah, so I walk up to him, and yeah. I'm just like, who is this guy? And he launches into all this stuff about how he worked with Prince. Prince, Puff. And this is Fafu. Yeah, endless. I mean, Fafu is, like, one of those legends that's just been around so many talented people and so many talented people respect him and it's crazy because when i was coming up and i would be around blessing them like he was the dude that was getting it like making beats like the the guy who had actually done what everybody wants to do you know what i'm saying so and we would just be around him he showed me so much man and that's like one person like uh, we're gonna get fat like on the podcast bro. too yeah yeah because we need him to tell tell about uh puff stories that's right yeah we need to keep nah, this going yeah he got so <laughs> he many stories i don't know if he's gonna give them up <laughs> yo Faf got the story bro what do you learn from fat in terms of like production or being a professional or I what mean, was it I glasses learned, i learned a lot really like like just being around how that, to get a pizza whatever it was around <laughs> that camp was my first hands-on experience with very talented dudes and it just opened this door because you know those two the two rappers in that group are insanely talented you know what i'm saying and fat Fu is insanely talented and he kind of showed me like to be an engineer producer you know what i'm saying a producer engineer meaning like he would make the beat record the shit mix the shit you know do everything and he was so like methodical and just like talented like his shit would just knock you know and he had his own sound and just everything so you know just he slowly let me absorb different stuff from him you know what i'm saying and you know now we just have the utmost respect for each other no. Did you ever steal any drums from any computers that were just Ooh, laying around? In my life? Sure. Are you cuff core? <laughs> <laughs> Not from Fat Food. Fat Food no, no, gave me some drums. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. But man, I've been in <laughs> studios. If I'm in a studio and I'm I'm working in the B room and I happen to just... Because, you know, I make a lot of beats on Pro Tools, right? Yeah. So when I make beats on Pro Tools, I don't always program MIDI. A lot of times I just... And moving audio around the grid, chunks of audio and, you know, manipulating it just right there instead of manipulating the MIDI. Because sometimes 
the MIDI don't sync up right to me or I want to do a certain swing and I can just do it better with my ears and my eyes than a MIDI note, you know what right. I'm saying? Or play it on a, I can, if I can play it on a pad, that's always good. But I'd be in studios working on beats in the B rooms and you know, I got to like find a drum out of my drive, but I happen to <laughs> search the word snare. Yeah. You know what I'm just saying? Just happen to, you know. Yeah. And then I happen to click on, oh, that's not my snare. And then I happen to look at the root folder or whatever and see where Listen, that came from. Honest mistake. That yeah. folder might end up on my drop. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I think everybody did that. I remember reading a famous, I think it was in Scratch Magazine with Kanye. I was just going to say. With yeah. M. Yeah. And yeah. M left the room and Kanye put the disc in the, in the shit and started downloading the shit. And they came in and turned the NPC off. Halfway through, they're <laughs> like, "Yeah, at some like movie shit, yeah. you know, it's just like you have a certain period of time, you know, they're gonna get back mm-hmm. in the room, and yeah. All he of a sudden, get they out of drop time. in from the yeah. ceiling, yeah. <laughs> or it's like a record scratch, like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I like um, a lot of your beats because I feel like you are one of the few people that still uses saxophones. Mm, I'm big on horns and saxophones. Yeah, I wonder what are your favorite like saxes throughout time. Oh my god, there's so many good ones. I mean, I think besides me, Lady Gaga, well, you know? <laughs> this is the thing. So like I I went through like a whole jazz like phase in high school where I was just like obsessed with the composition of it. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And just not sax, but just horns in general are used so well in jazz music and to kind of be the top line instrument, like how an electric guitar would get used in a rock song, you know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. that just intrigues me, and I just love the texture of it. So, like, I'm a fan of so much. I mean, you could play me any sax or any horn, really. I, I just like it. And then, obviously, the 90s hip-hop connection of, like, there's so many amazing hip-hop beats, you know, of course, Pete Rock, like, sure. that use horns, you know. T-R-O-Y, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, Rump shaker. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, what's that? Show me what you got. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, just yeah, like, just yeah. like yeah. seriously. Forget rump shaker. Yeah. <laughs> but like, seriously, like, it, it's just such a dope instrument. So, and the ones I've been doing recently, so I linked up with a dude that can really play. And, you know, like, all the recent ones are uh, live. You know what I'm saying? So like, did, all the Dizza ones and the 12 e one that came out yesterday. Yep. And, did you... Did you do one year at Berkeley? <laughs> <laughs> I did no years. Oh, no. All right, all right. <laughs> I went to um, you get that? Purchase for a little while. Whoa. Did Shasta you really? Yeah. Go Panthers. Oh, we're from up there. Okay. Where are you yeah. from? We're Purchase. from Harrison. I yeah. lived in Harrison. What? On Purdy Street. That's my first apartment I ever had right by the train station. Crazy. Yo, right down the block from the train station. That's where I lived. Because I... You know, I I wasn't moving into to 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 the dorms. I walked into the dorms one day. I was like, nah, this is not for me, bro. Yo, so I, I went and got an apartment in Harrison, greatest apartment I ever had. Duplex. I had the studio up there, ten fifty a month. It was lit. Yo, okay, <laughs> so we went to we went to Purchase Elementary School. We went to Lewis M. Klein Middle School. We went to Harrison High School. We worked at Purchase Day Camp. We worked We're so Purchase Harrison. Yeah. Man, yeah. That little store, if you drive down the Mamaroneck and that little like <laughs> bodega that's open 24 hours, you know about that? Like, you uh, drive. It's like you come up to Harrison, you make a left, and like you just keep going. And I remember like 2 in the morning, I would go get like, you know, <laughs> Phillies. Yeah. <laughs> Man, Harrison. Yeah, man. Harrison's a cool town. And we yeah. spoke at SUNY Purchase like uh, a month ago or something. Well, I mean, like that. and SUNY Purchase, like so much talent came out of there, and because I, I think that like it's a very art enriching school, but mm-hmm. without being, it's not stiff. So speaking of SUNY Purchase, so years ago, two thousand and like eight, Kaz from the Stashed, but be- way before that, before the Source, before anything, right? He brought down. Drake for his first U.S. performance and also the Cool Kids. And I thought the Cool Kids were going to be bigger than Drake. I mean, there was a time. So I know the Cool Kids, a dude that I worked on music with called What's-His-Face. Shout to him. He's the man. Great name. Um, He was roommates with Chuck in Chicago. And he showed Chuck uh, Reason and all that stuff. (laughs) And, like, you know how to kind of... You know, I don't know if he had been making beats, but, like, he's one of those dudes that is just, like teaches everybody how to work different programs or whatever whatever so we had a loft down on walker street 
that we had built a studio in. This is after purchase. We we were in like some crazy Chinatown building, and um, we had a loft. And when they were first coming into town, they would stay at the crib. Cool kids, um, Million Dollar Mano, Holt, all them dudes. And I just remember, you know, first of all, they're all great guys, and really fucking around with Chuck was what showed me like, yo, I need to get this bass rocking because he he would have dope beats we would both have dope beats but his shits would always have so much bass i would be like oh my god and um i just remember it was like the first time they were staying at the crib they did like a show you know a small spot the second time we did like love with mark ronson then by like the third or fourth time they were like staying at fucking <laughs> soho house you know what i'm saying like out of here you know like it was like crazy but I, I still keep in touch with Mikey and Chuck, man. Those those are my homies, man. And yeah. Mano and all and Holt and Holt just dropped his album. They're just yeah. great dudes. And a lot of the swag that evolved at that time, like they were putting a lot of swag out. You know that people were kind of gravitating to totally. Mano too, man. He don't get the credit for that, bro. You know, like he was. Motherfucker used to come in with some fly vintage Chanel and all this crazy shit before motherfuckers were still wearing streetwear. Well, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Mano, didn't he do um, the Hills yeah, he for, the the hills for the weekend? So he can laugh at Mano. everybody who ever yeah. doubted him. Yeah. Because <laughs> he is winning God, so much right now. He's accomplished, bro. People don't. Come on, bro. He was fucking Kanye's tour DJ. Right, he yeah. Fucking, he did mad beats. Like, yeah, shout to Mano. He always been ill. That's what I'm saying, though. He was ill back then. Like, you know, they, those are talented people, man. And, the, you know, the last time I was in Chicago was with them. I'm about to go back out there to work with Herbo, but, mm. you know, I, you know, me and Herbo been making so much music. Mm-hmm. We got fucking dangerous missiles. It's <laughs> <laughs> crazy. Like, people going to have to hide their face but <laughs> yeah the last time i was out there was with them who else are you working with coming up uh i don't want to give too much away uh i've been working with herbo i've been working with um you know obviously french i've been working with some of the newer kids from atlanta that i fuck with that you know i want to i want to surprise people but <laughs> yo i was waiting for you to like shit. work with some people from atlanta like honestly i was like cause, seriously yeah no cuz like i was listening to um he's risen and i was like some like southern rappers could really like float on some of this yo, stuff i ain't gonna lie bro when we turn off the mics i'll tell you All some right. shit <laughs> cuz I, I got a lot of that coming yeah. that's dope yeah so wait did you have a car up at suny purchase yeah, man, I had the Volvo. You were like that a, I crashed. How'd you do that? Was it a on station the Spring wagon? Brook Parkway? Nah, it was a little S seventy Volvo. What happened? I was going drive. You know, I, I'm a I was I'm a, I love to drive. I'm really good now, but you know, when I was learning, <laughs> I would just drive a little wild. Somebody cut me off, and Oof. I was forced to hit another car. But, Damn, you know, it was all good. And yeah. then I got hit by a garbage truck trying to cut off a garbage truck. Yeah. That car too. That car, man. By the time I sold it to Car Cash, that shit was <laughs> fucked up. Yo, how, much, how much? How much did you get for it? Three or four grand. It was embarrassing. <laughs> that shit was. Wait, where did you learn to drive? Like around the city? Um, no. Nah, it's so crazy. My pops, he dead ass used to be that dad that when you were three years old, he put you on his lap like you steer. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Like I'd be like, oh. Life lessons. And then like where um you know I I used to hang out in Long Island in the summer in Montauk, and that's actually where my mom moved to from Brooklyn. Now mm. that's where she lives. Um. Shout out to my mom talk people. Um, Are they going to shout out your mom like she's listening to this podcast right now? Shout out to my mom. I hope she listens to my favorite person in the world. Um, I used to take her forerunner when I was like 14, go whip around, get in trouble, you know? Because it was like a little town. Yeah. Hey guys, just want to remind you that this is not the first time that we've done an episode of our podcast, A Waste of Time with It's The Real. We actually have done many episodes, including this one with Currency. Go back and check out our archives at soundcloud.com slash a waste of time or on iTunes at a waste of time with It's The Real. I'm not a fan of Pop-Tarts and I never really... Just in Are general? you sure you're a smoker? I never check it out. <laughs> I never had, and, and, I, and I got friends who don't even put them in the toaster. They just open them and just walk around eat them all day. I never had. 
I, so I don't want to say I'm not a fan. I never even have. You just never got put on? Yeah, I've seen them. And yeah. I've always, you know, people's parents have made Pop Tarts for me. And I've politely wrapped them up in paper towels and disposed of them. All right. Nobody was looking for them. <laughs> How do you do that discreetly? Just sit down until they walk away. <laughs> What has to be excused for the restroom? Yeah. What a polite guy. <laughs> yeah, I never ever want to. Oh, I don't eat that because, like, you know, I'm, at, I'm at y'all's house. Yeah, so of course. I can't, I can't <laughs> yes, please enjoy our pop tarts. <laughs> and now, Harry Fraud and Smoke Dizza. Smoke Dizza is the first returning person yeah. on this podcast. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, congratulations. He's tight. He's yeah. tight about that. Why? <laughs> because I don't want to be the returner. I yeah. wanted to let Harry do his shit oh. and just come and be... He's but with all due respect, there's yeah. no one that we look forward to having here more than you. Yeah, because we fucked up the sound the first time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just make well, sure you stay close yeah, to the wait, mic, though. Hold on. It's not really our fault. It's your fault for not going near the microphone. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. You know, it's 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 cause we in South Harlem, Mr. Wall. Hey South Harlem. South Harlem. I don't like that. No, no. so uh Soha. This is South Harlem. So Harlem No, listen, listen. No. I kid, I kid. Here's no here's why it's South Harlem, because Cam, who loves us, named it South Harlem and we're like, Well, if that's good with you, it's good with us. So <laughs> then one day DJ Enough introduced us to DJ S and S and he was like, Yo, 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 tell them where you're from and like could barely holding his laughter right and we're like uh we're from south harlem and he's like where exactly is south harlem and we're like so my we're guy like, yeah so we told him our address <laughs> and dj sns was like the only thing that's south harlem about your neighborhood is that there's a blimpy on the corner <laughs> <laughs> we're like it's 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 a joke but we're gonna yeah we're gonna we're gonna get going yeah 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 okay dizza congratulations on your new project thank you thank you like it sounds so good. Thank you so much. Lyrically, like 100K. it does. <laughs> no, but like lyrically, it's dope. You're talking about real shit, like down to like your father's situation, which was happening the last time you were last here. Time I was saying, that was probably the only like thing that I did with media, period. During that time? I wouldn't even consider y'all media because y'all right. Were friends. Right, right, right. But it was like that was the only thing closest to me being in the spotlight was well, I, gonna come I, when, when you did Sway's interview the other day and he yeah. was like I haven't seen you since and I was like oh we have though like yeah. <laughs> y'all, y'all was the only one yeah y'all was the only no one. thank you for doing that yeah, no, but congratulations on the project thank you thank how's it feel it feels good I bet I'm, I'm glad I'm glad it's out we worked on it for like a year and a half so how much situation. stuff did you record that didn't end up on it mm, maybe like five or six songs oh that's it yeah, I mean, how much of that was Harry's fault? <laughs> that it didn't I mean, end up. Everything is Harry's fault. When, when you don't hear something, it's Harry's fault. Blame it on Harry. I'm it's, critical. Oh my god, Draw, drives me up the wall. But I think, like for this, you know what's my favorite thing about this project right here is is the response that I'm getting from everybody. Like, yo, man, this shit just sits with it. all the songs sit with each other. The transitions are so fire. Like my man was hitting me about that yesterday. And like he was, he's a hater. So I was like, damn, like, good looking, man. like this I, is your guy. Yeah, my homie. Like, you know, I like having friends that don't like my music necessarily, or will tell me when something's trash. You know, like that makes me. I probably be closer to you if you if you say like, yo, that's that's cool, but that ain't it, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I respect that because I feel like right now it's like everybody just kisses ass, man. Right. I don't. Well, I love all of your music and <laughs> everything you put out. <laughs> I mean, I agree to a point. I don't want people to hate my shit. Yeah. I don't want people to be like, yo, everything you do is terrible. Yeah. But like, yeah, no, I get like critical I like friends that and are yeah. Critical, you know? Yeah. Because I'm critical. It makes you better. Well, right. Bro. Well, like what? Like, are you talking like line by line? No, but like, I'm definitely the dude that'd be like, yo, I think you should do that again. Or. Do Yo. this with an accent. Right. <laughs> yeah, do that in a different voice. Yeah, like or, do that in a different like, feel. But does, but what does that mean? Yeah, nah, I will do that. I will do that. Well, hold up. Be real honest, guys. If Snoop sent back a whack verse, what would you do? I still would have used it. Yeah, right. Yeah, but he sent back Snoop. that. Yeah, yeah, Everything Snoop does. He could have sent back all ad libs and all that. Yeah, but he sent back that theory right there. No, it's hot, though. Yeah. And that's the only feature. Did you think about having anyone else guest on it? Yeah, we flirted with maybe like one or two more options of people. But I don't think um, with, with just having Snoop, I don't think anybody else really 
could touch it. Could, yeah, could touch it unless it was on that level with Snoop Dogg. Yeah, and I mean, it's really Snoop and Alchemist because we got that, you know, it's real co-produced by Alchemist. So yeah. It's like, I don't know, man. When we were when we were looking at it, it was like, it's not to say anybody else isn't on that level, but it's we just liked that feel that right feel. there. And I also feel like, you know, sometimes people rely too heavy on features because they think that's going to like, Help SEO, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like literally, though, in a weird way. And it's like, you know what? Like, just listen to the fucking music, man. You know? Did Alchemist only get a credit because he was in the room? Nah. He, he, he. Man, that dude is so crazy with it. Like, I was at his crib for that one. I was at his crib, and I just had in Santa Monica or whatever. Yeah, Yeah. and I just had a bunch of shit on my computer because. You know, that was the other thing was for this, we created all the source material that we sampled from, you know what I'm saying? So there's no, like, quote-unquote samples. It's all stuff that the in-house band created, shout to them, and then we chopped up and did all that. So I was out there just fucking with him making music, and I, I went on my laptop and was playing a bunch of the ideas, like, yo, listen to this shit, we, we, we're making some dope shit, you know? And he just caught that, and he was like, nah, that right there, plug it up. And it was like the little jack out the headphone or whatever, plugged it up through his mixer, put it into the MP, chopped it. You know, we came up with the progression and it was just, you know, easy. When we had Alchemist on the podcast, he talked about, was it Grand Theft Auto that he, like they they put out a separate project where he was just sampling from original stuff. Yeah. And I mean, that's, yeah, this was the, this project was the first time I was like, yo, I only want to do that just to test myself, not yeah. for any, not for any types of reasons, you know. Are you the type of person who, if you're sitting on a song for a long enough period of time, you just get tired of it and don't want to use it? I don't necessarily, but I feel like rappers do. You know what I'm saying? I feel like some rappers, like if they just play shit out to themselves, and I, I kind of hate that because for me, I'm like the opposite. Like I, you know, I got this project that I'm gonna put out after this, and it got joints from. A week ago, it got joints from two years ago. You know what I'm saying? It's good music is good music, you know? How is your Spanish? Choppy. <laughs> Choppy. I could understand more than I could speak, but I can, I, can, I, can, I can say fly shit, you know what I'm saying? And I can say, like, curses, and mm. I can kind of, like, tell somebody what type of food I want to eat or something like that, but... It's not like it used to be. I used to be really on point because I would like go surfing in Central America and, you know, be in Costa Rica having to order rice and beans and shit like that. What language did you take in high school? Spanish. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of course. You got to take Spanish, man. Well, like, because the story behind, like, your drop is yeah. that it was a Dominican girl you were hanging out with and she, like, did, like, a whole, like, thing, right? It yeah. was, like, a really long take and then you just chopped the end of it. Yeah, it's my homegirl, Phoenicia. She was, um,. She was, she's an artist too, and she was like um, recording at my studio, you know? She, she's like a dope singer. And um, my man was there, and I was like, yo, I need some fly shit, man. Because she, she just has a great voice, you know? So I was just like, yo, I need some, some cool, some, you know, something that like is different. And she was just talking all types of shit. And it was just in the middle that just popped out, like in the, literally in the middle of a whole sentence, <laughs> she was saying. I was like, nah, that's fly. Like, I just had to grab it, and it worked, man. Did I did the drop real shit because I was doing mad shit for people on mixtapes and sending beats to this guy and that guy, and they just take my shit and put it on and not give me credit. Right. And it's like, fuck that, man. You're going to do that? Cool, I'm tagging every joint before yeah. you rap, you know, so they could, they know what's going on because at a certain point, it's like, I bust my ass for this too, you know? Yeah. Now it becomes the thing where, like, people like want it on there like if i don't put it they're yeah. like tight no for real. So for real it's not official. i would get furious yeah, right yeah like they got a joint do you like, remember when when um a couple people have taken it off really what? yeah 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 what was the ti song that atlantic put out and it had oh the... uh it was um my love oh yeah the remix for um justin timberlake do you remember and someone leaked it got it and put it up online and they had Atlantic Records put on Atlantic Records TI clearance, clearance on there and repeated it to the point where like 
if you downloaded that version, it was hot, right? It was just like a you cool, yeah. yeah, it was a cool it was drop. Like, first of all, it comes in like the right places, so yeah. like it always just hits. And it was like rhythmically Atlantic right, records. Yeah. TI, TI clearance, yeah. And it was hot, and then it's like you hear the real version, it's like, oh, it doesn't sound so good without it, you know? <laughs> you hear producer tags on Mad Beats now that like go through the whole song, where like you hear a chop of it, where they loop the beat or whatever, because kids just grab beats off the internet, man. All them joints that come out, you know, they panda this joint that they just right. grab them beats off the internet well does Wait, that not tripping does that dis, does that disappoint you that you can't remember timbaland like used to like dedicate the last third of the song just to like just go to crazy crazy on drum yeah improvisations drum improvisations yeah. where he would just like do a note repeat on the fucking joint or whatever i mean that's cool you know but if and if he was doing that today kids would just like rip that loop that and that's a whole beat itself I just said that this morning that that happens to me constantly that's why i hate leaving open space now yeah. that's really on him though <laughs> i mean it's on like yo smoke this you, you need know, to rap more it happens man kids would just take the that's last part and loop it <laughs> talk shit to the very end of the song <laughs> i made some joke that i wanted to join teacher america just so i could be a spanish teacher and just teach kids how to say la musica de harry frog that would be dope you know <laughs> yeah. yo you know how many people that's the first thing they say to me literally i like, bet before they say what up yeah well musica harry frog like the first thing we were walking by who kid down in midtown like a couple months ago and the first thing that we did the only thing who <laughs> kid didn't even say hi. We know him. We didn't even say hi or anything. Yeah, yeah just, just like, like walked by. Yeah, yeah. And those tapes. Oh my god. Amazing. Oh my. That those and the Mario. <laughs> you know, Super Mario had yeah. the D Block tapes. Styles was going blackout on all of them shit. Oh yeah. my god. He would just take everybody's beat and embarrass them. Like, yeah. Those those were crazy, man. I remember be- waiting outside Burkina. For Big Mike to bring the Champ is Here mixtape yeah. to Burkina, yo, so I could get yeah, it because that day it was it was summertime. I was riding around. I was working for a weed delivery service, and I was driving around, and I was just waiting, anticipating because they had blasted off the song Champ is Here. Oh my you god, know what I'm saying, and I was just like, yo, this tape is gonna be amazing. The Summer Jam. We told this to Jada too. The Summer Jam when. They came out to the champ is here was like the greatest performance we've ever seen at Summer Jam. Yeah. Just wild, like the whole stadium. What year? Yelling I feel it. like was I, What year was that? That was the that's same every year. year. It, that's <laughs> literally, it might have been like oh nine or two thousand ten. Yeah, yeah. And, they, and Cam came out at the end too, or I thi- no? Uh, I don't that, remember. That was the, the last time I was there. I can't get man. That's too. It's <laughs> crazy. It is. It's like it's too crazy. How did you guys link up in the first place? Like, was it always to create music, or was it just sort of like, let's be did friends Harry and sell hang you out? <laughs> nah, I, I, I worked for that delivery service, yo. Because I'm not. That's not me, man. So like, I, I, you know, straight up, I'm too much of a smoker. So I think I think I smoked the profit on like the first <laughs> batch, and then by the second one, I couldn't even re up after that with the guy. I was like coming short and all that. Shit. I was like, this ain't for me. Man. I like to smoke this shit too much. <laughs> but how did you guys first meet? Um, Carry the charity. My man who I kind of, um, like, who grew up on the same, I grew up on the same block as him, Rob. I had been trying to get at Dizza. I had sent him some beats and stuff. I never knew he sent me anything. He's my lying. <laughs> he's, he's lying right now. I yeah, I just, right, you know, you know how it is. He with a, sent it to a wrong email. Nah, man. <laughs> Smoke Dizza. You know how it is. With a, or maybe Dizza is that critical friend who's like, these aren't hot enough. Like, <laughs> maybe he nah, was. Nah, nah, nah. I, I promise you, I never got an email. Well, no, I was sending beats. <laughs> That's Listen. amazing. Notice. So he was looking for me. I was looking for him. And, you know, Rob, who he's like around the city. He's like just a respected dude around the city. But he's not necessarily like a music. He's more like an entrepreneurial dude. Um, but he just was like, you know, linked us, man. He's like somebody that was like my big bro on my block. And he was like, I forgot if it came up on my side or on his side. But he put us like right, you know, in contact. And he's one of those dudes that like, if he hollers at you and says, yo, I got a kid who want to work with you. Like, you're going to accept the call or whatever. You know what I'm saying? So we just linked up. He came and picked me up on my block. Dizzy came and picked me up on my block in the famous Dreddy van, and I was like, yo, <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. 
we lit a blunt in the second. <laughs> like it was already, it was like the mystery machine. You know? So we got in that bitch and went, you know, went right to the studio and knocked a banger out. Like New Jack, I think was our first song or Astray. something. Like yeah, nah, I think it was New Jack. It's Astray. You sure? Possibly. <laughs> I don't know if it was Astray. It was Astray because New Jack was where I was like sending you like mad wrestling excerpts to. New Jack's voice. Well, agreed to this. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> but Q and them didn't get on until later. Q uh, and Damo didn't get on until like almost like the tail. Shout out to those guys finishing. too. They killed. Yeah, that. shout out to Schoolboy Q and Damo and Genesis. Dom. Had you ever worked with anyone who didn't write stuff down before? Mm-hmm. French rarely writes stuff down. Really? Rarely. And then Chinks never. I never saw Chinks write. And. He would, Chinks would get in the studio with you and just be so fucking like surgical with the shit. I, mm. It was, it was amazing to like watch him work, man. Yeah, and he wasn't he wasn't putting it together in the booth and no shit like that. Like the song, just like they're very similar. Like the beat plays for twenty to forty five minutes, and they might go in and do a piece, a first verse or something. Another five or ten minutes do the hook. You know what I'm saying? Just, like, piece it together. But, yeah, I, I've actually worked with a lot of... Especially now, man. None of these young boys write shit down anymore, too. Like, hmm. young boys that's coming up, they're not writing shit down. I don't give a fuck. But they also don't have any lyrics to write down. I mean, <laughs> yeah. they got lyrics. It's, it's their lyrics. It's, it's their own thing. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. I was listening to something today, and it reminded me of... Remember uh, Bangs, the... Uh, you, like, let me take you to the movie shot. I remember that joint. It was like a viral video from this guy from like East Africa. Okay. And um, yeah, like it's just like whatever. <laughs> Opposite of lyrical. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I Like I fuck with all types of different shit. That's one thing about me. Like, you know, when I was listening to Mob Deep, I was listening to 8-Ball and MJG. When mm-hmm. I was listening to Ghost, I was listening to dungeon family you know and all the way to to i was listening to cash money shit i was listening you know i, I was just always wide open because i also love the soundtracks of all that shit yeah i'm right. not mad at any of those yeah, yeah no i mean like i think this is just like a totally like new thing where it's almost like everything is is like so vine ready yeah that it's like it doesn't even have to really carry as like a song yeah and i mean like what we were just saying you know when we was just riding up here, we were listening to different stuff, and it's just like, I just like that it's a feeling. Like, a lot of the newer dudes, not necessarily the ones from New York, but I guess from the South or whatever, you know, because it's not really all from the South. It's from all over the place, but people right. just categorize it as the South. But right. a lot of them, they're not worried about being the lyrical miracle. They're more worried about what's the fucking essence of this feeling right here what's the thing that strikes me immediately and makes me feel a certain type of way right and yo man that shit respond you respond to it in a different way it's not so cerebral you're not you're not thinking out oh what's that bar he hit or whatever whatever your body's moving and shit you know and it's like that's it's all serves a purpose to me especially now i'm not one of those people that's like disenfranchised about music yeah, right. I think it's in a good place. Yeah, I think so too. I agree. Did you guys go in with ideas in mind, or was it something where you guys wanted to create right then and there because you're both in the room? I mean, we pretty much always do everything in the room. We don't really go with many ideas. I think probably in our whole time, it might have been four. In like all the times that we've ever worked together, it might have been four that were like pre-prepared. Everything else is straight on the spot, cook up. Mm. You know, like. Smokey calls it hibachi. <laughs> Is that because you're making like smoking volcanoes? Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. Fucking computers lighting, flipping off like off. shrimp into a pocket <laughs> or whatever. Tricks. Flipping the shrimp. Do you have any good French stories? I mean, obviously, you have good French stories. Every story, every French story is a good French story. I mean, yeah, I can't even. I don't. I wouldn't even know where to begin on good French stories. He's just a movie at all times. <laughs> but um. Me and French linked up because I was working with an artist and the artist had gotten a feature from French and I was going to mix the record. Like I had a studio or whatever at the time and I was going to mix the feature. You know what I'm saying? And I didn't produce the beat. They brought me the record. I mixed it, whatever. They played it for him. And then I think at the same time they played him some records that I did produce for that artist. And he heard, you know, something he liked. And he (laughs) like 
I forget, like, he called me or we exchanged. Somehow we got our info exchanged, and he just called me one day and was like, yo, where you at? I'm about to pull up on you and hear some beats. I'm like, oh, okay. You know what I mean? Like, I had never really met him. So he pulls up that first time. That motherfucker made me play him, like, 50 beats, bro. He was like, <laughs> he was like you know, just I could tell he was testing me. But he definitely, like, I wasn't... The thing I always say is, like, I was still figuring it out. So, like, I was good, but I wasn't, like... Like, my sound hadn't come together yet. You know what I'm saying? And, like, just making shit knock. I didn't really understand how to do all that yet. Ask Fat Foo. Yeah, <laughs> facts. Like, I was still teaching myself the kind of sonics of everything. I knew how to compose a beat. But, you know, yeah, fa- you know what? Speaking of Fat Foo, we mixed New York Minute together. He helped me mix Whoa. New York Minute. And a funny story, boom, he helped me mix New York Minute. And he was like, yo, you know, I'm not going to, like, charge y'all crazy, but I need to pay for the studio time or whatever. For me. So it was, like, cheap, like 300 bucks or something like yeah. that, right? So the mix is done. French pays him in singles. <laughs> Dead ass. Like, he had been out the night before at, like, Perfections or whatever it was. Your man pulls out, you know, 298 singles. You know what I'm saying? And Fabu's like, yo, I'm supposed to count all that? Like, it was, like, so crazy. But, um, yeah, man. He just, you know, another funny thing, he hated my name. Like, he was like... Your name's Harry Fraud. Nah, that can't be your name. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, that's my name. You know? He was the like, girl said it. Yeah, he yeah. was like, nah, I don't even think I had the girl yet. Um, but he was like, nah, nah, we're gonna call you Harry Powder. I was like, nah, you're not gonna call me Harry Powder. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is 2008. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, nah. I'm like, you're not gonna call me Harry Powder. Yeah, but you know, because it was it was Cocaine City for real yeah, at right, that point. Right. It was you know he was banging crazy with the Cocaine City. Yeah. That was going. That's when Cocaine City was going crazy. I remember we would ride around. He pull up on like Almadou of Fourteenth Street, drop off the box of DVDs, pull up in Harlem, drop off the DVDs, go drop. Like he was one thing about French man, he knows how to get it. Yes, yeah. he really knows. Were how you to get on it. any of the DVDs? I don't know. You know what's so weird? Like, people send me weird stuff every once in a while of, like, just from a random in-studio or, you know? Like, it was crazy because we were in it and we were moving so fast. Like, I wasn't even really... I was watching them, maybe, but I don't really remember, like, stuff like that. So French puts out Don't Panic, right? Yeah. And they do the video and it has, like, those Jason masks or whatever, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Interscope hits us up. And you know, like, record labels like to spend money on stupid shit. So they're like, hey, can we send you some... Yeah, some of these masks. So, like, you know, two masks, two t-shirts that say Can't Trust Thoughts. Because there was a song by by some dude. And also because we can't trust thoughts. That's right, yeah. And so... Um, Definitely can, yeah. <laughs> So So we're like, all right, cool. So we show up. We, we come home one day and, and our doorman downstairs like, you guys got a package. And it's a giant box. And so we open this giant box, and it's from Interscope to us. Yeah, we're like, all right, what could this be? Hundred masks. And we're like, wow. what the fuck are we gonna do with a hundred of these stupid masks? So we call up Interscope. We're like, why did you send us a hundred yeah, when like, you said you're gonna you, send two? Interscope. Yeah. Um, and they were like, an intern got to it and put in the wrong number. Wow. And we're like, well, what the fuck are we gonna do with these masks besides throw them out, right? And so I went on Instagram and I was like, hey, if anybody wants some, like, you know, have them. We have 98 and extras. Instagram went crazy. Twitter went crazy. Facebook went crazy. To the point that we had to, like, come up with something. Yeah. Okay. So we're, no. So we're no, like, I mean, like, people were asking us to send them to all, like, all these countries. Like, it was crazy. So we're like, all right, here's what we'll do. If you live in New York City, we will hand deliver these masks to you. And we're going to create this hashtag, which we call the Don't Panic Tour 2014. Nah, Interscope owes you a check. Listen, Yo. we walked around the city. We walked 200 blocks that day, right? Backpacks filled with stupid masks, right? Took a picture with everyone, and we captioned them like we were on a, a tour. And French followed us on Instagram. Because he, he loved it. Yeah, great. Yeah. We called up Interscope, and our friend over there was like, in the, the marketing meeting, they were talking about this, and it was the most successful marketing campaign that Interscope that had that done. Year, and it was all by accident. Yeah. yeah, and we did that for free just because we thought it was funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
Imagine. Now, by the way, during NBA All-Star Weekend last year when it was in New York, Interscope and Ciroc had set up a French Montana um, brunch, yeah. right? And we were like, we need to be there. We have to go have like French toast with French Montana. Also, it was a block away from where our mom lived, and so we were going to bring our mom over to French Montana brunch. Yeah, we were going to have the best time, and then we show up, and they're like, oh, French is not coming today. We're like, well, yeah. You know. <laughs> that happens. Yeah. Like, he's our Instagram friend. Like, yeah. come on. <laughs> should have That doesn't him. mean that... The, okay. <laughs> okay, so surf school... Yes. ...is through priority, through capital. No. No. Pri- well, it was at a certain time, but priority actually, I don't... You know, I think they tried to revamp it, and it didn't necessarily go as far as planned. Not on the surf school side, on their side. And I think, plus, for me, from that whole thing... I need to be able to move at a certain pace, and you know, it's 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 hard to move at the pace that I want to move when it's a major label involved. Right. You know what I'm saying, but it was no man. They shout to them. They did nothing but treat me right. So you're so you're running independent right now. Right now we run an independent, and you know I have different distributions in place with different distribution companies for different projects. You know, but I really think for me. That's the route, man. You know, because for us, like, it don't cost us nothing to make a record. We, we're, we're all in-house, you know. And so if I can turn around and say to a distribution company, like, yo, look, this is finished. This is the project. This is what I need. Need $298 in singles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you ever need somebody to do, like... Your marketing, you can just call us. That's right. We'll do it send for free. Us, yeah, yeah. Surf school tour yeah. 2016. That's right. Yeah. Just send us Wave something by it. accident. Yeah. Wave tour. Um, are you still working with Daytona? Of course. Right. Uh, we got Daytona. Um, I mean, I'm going to do, I'm doing a lot of projects through the label. Like, for instance, this one with me and Smoke, I partnered up with Smoke. And, yep. you know, it's a surf school RFC release, you know, and that just makes the most sense for us because it's like, we know our fans are going to go get the music, you know, and anything on top of that is icing on the cake. Um, but for me, I have different projects that I'm going to put out through there, including like a dope compilation, surf school compilation coming this year. That's crazy. Got all types of great shit. But then I also got Daytona. I got Adrian Lau. I got Nacho Picasso. I got Downtown Dion. I got Traps to You Dad. I work a lot with DJ Wonder. We're about to do some crazy shit. So, Shout out to Wonder. Know. Yeah. Animal yeah. status. That's yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. You know, so I got a lot of, you know, and I'm, I just, for me, I like the process of artist development. It's kind of frustrating sometimes and, you know, it is what it is because you got to rely on all these moving pieces and stuff, but I feel like I like watching artists grow and I like if I can be of service in that way you know but what, what does artist development mean in 2016 i think it just means on the for me the music side of things i think an artist has to learn how to market themselves themselves regardless in right now you know what i'm saying there's no you have an instant relationship with your fans if you can't cultivate that you're not gonna win so when i say artist development i mean strictly on a musical side of like let me give you my input on the music, you know, mm. let me help you achieve the sound that you want to achieve. As far as you connecting with people, that's such an organic thing now that you can either do it or you can't, you know, like the craziest thing for me was like, people always used to ask me like, yo, who's your publicist? Who's this? Who's that? I'm like publicist. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? You know, like now we're doing projects and whatever, whatever. We're rolling, you know, different stuff out with different PRs, but I never had, like, a publicist, you know, right. that was like, like, that's, that's what you're relying on. You lost already, man. Right. You know, like, you gotta, you gotta learn how to engage your fans. Right. Shout uh, out to Olu. Shout to Olu RPR, though. <laughs> that, just, that just tapped me right here. Just gave me the Michael Jordan shrug. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. That's not what Shout I mean. Like, Olu. this is, this is for a project. I'm talking about... There are those guys that before they put 10 songs out, they're wasting their bread with some, you know what I'm saying? Somebody that's selling them the the dream of like, yo, I could do this, that, and this for you. And it's like, yeah, they could help you, whatever, whatever. But at the end of the day, if your music is not connecting with the people, don't mean shit. Bro. Right. If the music ain't good, it don't mean shit. Yo, Dizzy, you're you not know? buying your own SoundCloud followers, <laughs> <and> shit. <laughs> If you're not buying you your own Instagram your followers, yeah. Instagram, all that. 
But Did, that's another thing. Like, I never got with that. Like, yo, I, you know, yo, it's not too late, though. <laughs> nah, man. Yo, does it tell the people what it is about, like, long-term thinking and that things aren't just going to, like, pop off for everybody overnight? Yeah, I mean, it's not. Everything takes time to cook. Like, you know, we are in the microwave era where you could just heat something up, but it doesn't taste that well. So, I mean, you know, the slow burn is always a good burn. I, um... I'm an advocate of that. I'm an advocate of the slow burn. I mean, don't you I'm feel slow burn? Don't you feel like you're at your like hottest point right now? You're putting yeah, out your I'm best heat, quality I'm, stuff. I'm up. I, I've always felt like I put out my best quality stuff, but it's just you know how some people digest it because you know. Yo, everything you say could be a weed metaphor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm yeah. a fan of the slow, slow burn. burn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's just the lingo. um, Yo, Harry, do you feel a way? um, You know, shout to Olulo, man. (laughs) PR. I don't want him to feel some type of way with me. Harry's done a wonderful job on this project. Like, knocked it out the fucking park. So (laughs) shout to him. Do you feel a way because it's called He Has Risen, obviously, about the Kush God, you know, waking up every day. Shouldn't it be as a joint collaboration, We Have Risen? Mm. Nah. Mm. Feels like Harry's mm. been cut no, out of this. No, no, wow. No, no, no. <laughs> one, one, thing about, one thing about me, though, one thing about me, real shit. I'm not one of those producers that thinks I'm bigger than the artist. Man. Says the guy who has a drop at the top of every song. Yo, that, that was out of necessity. That's out of... Listen. Thanks for coming through, guys. Thanks for listening to Waste of Time with It's The Real. Please subscribe, rate, comment on iTunes and SoundCloud and let us know how you're feeling about this whole podcast adventure. Yeah, how come people don't comment on our iTunes? People should really, here's what they should do. A little homework assignment for all of our fans out there. Yeah, you dorks. Say something. Just see something, listen to something, say something on iTunes, will you? We have good engagement everywhere. And then it's just like, iTunes is just like, eh. Man, guys. Everyone out there should also go tell a friend about this podcast. Jeff, which friend do you want to tell? I want to tell Lior Cohen's daughter. Go ahead right now. Daughter, listen to our podcast. <laughs> Hope you're feeling better, daughter. <laughs> also... Uh, I'd like to tell my friend and our brother, Dan. Dan? Danny doesn't know about it? No. You call him Danny? No, I said Dan. He doesn't know about it. Oh. He has risen. Dan, listen to this podcast. I know you're listening right now, but listen again. Do us a favor. Also, Dan, has Dan commented on iTunes yet? No. Dan. Daughter. (laughs) Boomin. See you next week.